Take your Bibles this morning. Uh, what we're going to do is we're going to look at actually Matthew chapter 7, but it's coming out of helping us understand 1 John uh, chapter 3, which is where we will be in, in uh, continuing. Hey, uh, also, uh, y'all, um, um, y'all pray for uh, uh, Jesse. I thought, oh, wow, Jesse's late, and he had sent me a text. He said, like, I had a three-day migraine. And he's just really, he just I've never had a migraine, but I know that those of you who do know what that's like, and he hadn't been able to shake it for three days. So, um, you know, I want to encourage you to pray for him. As we uh, look to this, let's look at Matthew chapter 7. We're going to read uh, Matthew chapter 7, uh, beginning with uh, verse 22, and we'll look uh, through 29. This is, uh, Jesus is speaking, um, and, uh, whoops. Chapter 7, I'm sorry, I was kind of backwards. I didn't have my Bible open. Chapter 7, verses 22 through 29. Let's all stand together for God and his word and honor it and thankful for it, all right? Now, you're going to see this come up very uh, a few times in the next six or seven months. It's just a real interesting verse. It says, uh, look at verse 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but he, he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven, will enter. And many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, and in your name cast out demons, and in your name perform miracles? And then I will declare to them, depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. I want you to remember that word practice, because that's a huge word for us in the New Testament. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them may be compared to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and it slammed against the house, and yet it did not fall, for it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the words, uh, the winds blew, and slammed against the house, uh, and it fell. And great was its fall. And when Jesus had finished these words, the crowds were amazed at his teaching, for he was, he was teaching them as one having authority and not as their scribes. You may be seated. The reason I wanted to read that first is because Jesus was very clear. What we're talking about today as John begins to really focus is um, in on these things is uh, he's now getting to a point where he wants to teach people, listen, you can tell the difference. Now, this is very hard for us as believers because everybody goes, you think they're saved? Oh, there's no way they can be saved. I'm always like, you don't know. That's not your place. But within our minds, John is dealing with this thing. Can you see it? Yes. There is a difference between those who fall into sin and then realize it and come running back. The type of people that you go, why do they keep on doing this? I made that statement this morning. Why do people do this? All right. And we don't know the answer to that. Some of you are in things that you go, I'm having, it's a hard time to shake whatever it is that I run to. It's very difficult. Those are sins that uh, one book, uh, one writer that I enjoyed uh, reading, uh, he wrote a book that I'm reading right now. It's called, um, (laughs) it's called Respectable Sins. 
that there have become sins among us as believers in Christ that, well, they're okay. They're respectable. You know, they, they kind of help us out. It's okay. God's, it's more those, uh, uh, the Catholic Church, and if you're Catholic, I'm not funny, it's just a belief that they have sins that they consider will send you to hell. There, there are moral sins that, man, you, you can, you, you're just going to go to hell anyway. You'll never be with God. And then there's sins uh, that you can do that aren't so bad. You can go say a prayer. You can light a candle. You can do all those different things. And so there's some that believe that, okay? But the thing that John wants you to focus on today is this practicing of sin. You're with me? And that's why he, I read this. Jesus said, many of you, in other words, you can kind of tell, wow, if there's consistent. When I ask somebody about a relationship with Christ and they say nothing, whatever they say, whatever they're thinking, uh, there's a good chance I'm believing that they probably don't know Christ, so I'm going to try to make a difference in their life. Honestly. So we get so upset at people the way they act. If you're a person who does not know Christ, does not uh, uh, love the values and the morals that Christ has placed for us to live, placed on us for us to live, then, well, you know, we, we see that. We see guilt come up. We see, man, I shouldn't have said that. And if they attach Christ to it, there's a good chance that they're, you know, they're not practicing does that make sense? Because this word that, uh, that is, is being said right here that Matthew said, or that uh, Jesus said in Matthew, it means to work or to labor. And what it is, it's a picture when Jesus said, those who practice lawlessness. And you're going to see it. It's, now, this is nerdy. The practice that we just read is not the same Greek word that John talked about. It has similarities but this one that, that Jesus said really means to work or the labor. He said those who are working it and laboring over that, that sin, they're the ones that you can see that they're practicing lawlessness. Okay, And it's similar to what went on in Exodus, and I'll, we'll go there. Uh, this is the word that's going to be what John says. It means to make or to do. And uh, what, I, what I wanted to show you backwards is, is that Aaron in Exodus is, is a beautiful picture uh, uh, of this word, if you don't know the story. Remember Jesus, I mean, uh, Moses went up to the mountain. Aaron's down there with the people. They get restless, wanting to know where Moses is. And they say, hey, where's this Moses? And they said, you need to make us gods, uh, some gods. So he went on and he did this. He said he took, I want you to notice the words, he took this from their hand. He fashioned it. He made it into a molten calf. And they said, this is your God, O Israel, who brought you out of the land of Egypt. Now, when Aaron saw this, he built an altar before it, and Aaron made a proclamation. In other words, that's the same picture that Jesus said that those who practice lawlessness, practice sin, they are making it, they are forming it, it's in their hands, they know exactly what they're doing, or they don't know what they're doing because they have no moral no moral values. We get more upset at Christians about how people act who don't know Christ or believe in him. Why does that bother us so bad? Well, they ought to know better. No. Because, what? They've been blinded by the God of this age, which is, which is who? Satan. So they don't know any better. And so we have to take those blinders off. Does that make sense? We have to help them knock those blinders, those blinders off. So 1 John, the reason I wanted to read through 1 John while you were sitting is I'm going to stop and make some, some points as we go along. It, it's really, and we're going to read the whole chapter. Y'all ready? 
All right, 1 John chapter 3, begin verse 1. It says this. It says, see how great a love the Father has bestowed on us. Man, that we, that we would be called children of God? And such we are. For this reason, the world does not know us because it did not know him. That's why we go, okay, calm down. Calm down. They, don't know, they don't know Christ. Beloved, now we are children of God. And, if, if it, and it, it has not appeared as yet what we will be. And we know that when he appears, when he comes for the second coming, we will be like he is because he will see, we will see him just as he is. And everyone who has this hope, now the word fixed is not in the original text. So if you have fixed in there, who, and everyone who has this hope fixed on him purifies, him, purifies himself just as he is pure. In other words, he was saying, hey, listen, I want you to know that uh, um, this is something that's very important is that we understand that this practice or this purifying that, that he's talking about here is attached to the word that means holy. You know, remember, holy means to be set apart. Holy means that, that we were set apart. Christ, it says, be holy or, or, or be perfect as Christ is perfect. Those words are attached to holiness. You go, I can't be perfect. You can't. I can't. Well, I, I come pretty close, my wife will tell you, but I'm not, I'm, I'm not perfect. And why do, we, why do we think that all Christians need to be perfect? They should be per, pursuing holiness, knowing and understanding that they, they, they are set apart. Okay? This word it means to be cleansed from defilement. Look, this is, uh, and I want you to know when you start seeing sin, there's all these different endings in Greek. It says the verbs, the verbs are related to the word, word sin. And remember, the Greek word for sin is harmatia, right? If you do these things, they'll do a harmatia. So uh, the world sins are in the present tense, and it indicates continuous habitual action. So when you see these, these words that are surrounding, now don't, don't lose it because it's nerdy. You need to understand it's, it's good for us to know that it says these, these are continuous action. It's like it, it's not was. And it was not going to be, it's continuing. And every time they mention harmatia, sin, it's continuing action. It's this habitual process that, that, that we get into. And now let's read the, uh, the rest of this. It says, everyone who practices, remember, continually practice sin, also practice lawlessness. And sin is lawlessness. You know that he appeared in order to take away the sins. Remember, Gnostics were saying, no. You know, you, you, you can't, uh, there's no way God could be, come apart and become a man. And so he says, listen, so y'all go and do what you want. And he was going, no, you can't do this. No one who abides in him sins. Uh-oh, you go, wait a minute, it just contradicts itself. But did you notice around this sin, it's not practices, it's not habitual. What he's saying, he says sins, and the sin that he's talking about is this disbelief of this Christ that died on the cross for us and knows him. Little children, make sure no one deceives you. I love that word deceive. The, the word deceive means that it causes you to wonder. That's what the Greek, Greek word means. Watch this. In other words, it says, make sure that nobody causes you to, to wonder. W-A-N-D-E-R. Aimlessly. Don't, don't let people deceive you into that. It says this. Because uh, they were saying, yeah, go ahead. It's okay. It's a respectable sin. Well, it can't be attached, so you're going to sin, but you still get to go to heaven. Does that sound familiar? Yeah. 
Uh, who was it? I, I, it'll come to my mind. Somebody believed, actually believed. They, they would go, well, if I do go to heaven, uh, if I, I don't believe in heaven, but uh, if I die and there is one, I think God will take me. All right. Wow. When I come up with the person that said that, I'll let you know. It wasn't me because I don't believe that. No one who abides in him sins. No one who sins has seen him or knows him. Little children, make sure that no one deceives you. The one who practices, now we're getting back into those continuous action. The one who continually habitually practice sin, look, who practices righteousness is righteous just as he is righteous. He's not practicing. He's continually, habitually trying to practice righteousness, not sin. He is, says the one who practices sin is the devil. For the devil has sinned from the beginning. The Son of God appeared for the purpose to destroy the works of the devil. That's Christ in me. It says no one, no one who is born of God practices sin. Are you, now you see that now has known it down. No one who is born of God will continually be in that sin. They may jump in and out, in and out, because it's a struggle. But nobody can. If you get to a point where you become cold, there's a good chance that you did not know Christ, right? It's a good chance you didn't, guys. What he's doing is we don't like to do this, but what he's saying is you can see the difference in some people. Yeah, but I don't voice that. People say, you think I'm, people ask me, do you think I'm saved? And I went, if I'm basing it on what I see in you, no, but I can't base it on that. Only you can. So we just need to make sure that they understand Christ, that they understand there's a moral line. All right, look at this. It says, uh, uh, it says uh, uh, no one is born of God, practices sin, because his seed abides in him, Jesus' seed, Jesus inside of you. And he cannot sin because he is born of God. By this, the children of God and the children of the devil, oh, I look at this, are obvious. It's visible. It's manifested. That's, that's what that word means. It's visible. It's obvious. It's manifested. It's very apparent is what that Greek word there is. It says, for this, uh, uh, um, anyone who does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor the one who does not love, the bro- love the, his brother. For this is a message which you have heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. Not as Cain, uh, who, who was the evil one, and he slew his brother. And for what reason did he slay him? Well, because his deeds were evil, and his brothers were righteous. Do not be surprised, brethren, if the world hates you. We know that we have passed out of death into life because we love the brethren. He who does not love abides in death. Uh-oh. Total separation from God. Everyone who hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. And we know love by this, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoever has the world's goods, well, and sees his brother in need and closes his heart against him, how does the love of God abide in him? Talking about Christians is what we're talking about, brothers in Christ. It's not talking about me passing by somebody on the road. That's a whole different scripture. Does that make sense? We need to take care of one another. And that's what he's saying. He says this, little children, do not, uh, little children, let us not love with word or with tongue, but in deed, in truth. So, see, no, that's why nobody's going to come to me after saying, well, I don't, like, I don't like what you did for the Dean's Lingers. You know why? Because you know we did a good thing. And they're our brethren. And this is what we're supposed to, to do. 
And this shows our good love and our, our good deeds. Listen, it says, we, we, we will know by this that we are the, in the truth and will assure our heart before him. And whatever our heart condemns us, for God is greater than our heart and knows all things. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence before God. And whenever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments and do the things that are pleasing in his sight. This is a commandment that we believe in his name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another just as he had commanded us. Verse 24, don't lose it. The one who keeps his commandments abides in him, and he in him. And we know, by the, know this by this, that he abides in us by the, the Holy Spirit or the Spirit whom he has given to us. So we read all that scripture at the beginning because I wanted you to understand that's the most important part. So it's, it's very difficult, like I said earlier, for us to, to say, well, are they, do they know Christ or do they not know Christ? Could, there's no way they could be a Christian and continue in that act. It is possible. It is possible that we can continue in sin. But what you need to ask yourself is, are they able to get out of it? It's like an addict. Now, really, an addict. I'll, t- I'll show you an addict who really wants to quit drinking. Right? The addict is the one that goes and says, or quit, quit doing drugs. The a- addict is in some of your or addicts in this room. You've been dry. You've been for a long time. But it, you would probably agree with me. The one that's a, that's a true addict and will not come out of it is the one that's continuing to practice it. But yet, even if they come out of it, guess what they are? An alcoholic. An addict. Even though they can go, well, I've been six years, it doesn't matter. They are still an alcoholic, correct? They are still an addict. They could go back to it. The ones that really want it and hunger for it, you'll see them come off and on, off and on, off and on, off and on. And we look at that from the outside and we go, my goodness, why do they quit doing it? When they're doing that, as hard as it is to say, they're in a good place. They're recognizing it, recognize it. But what you want to do is let them get further and further between. And that's the way I look at people who continually to continue to sin. And that's how you should look at them. That if they know Christ, you'll see that they come back, go back, go back. And that is, that's when we need to be patient, right? But if you see somebody that says, I don't care, I'm going to do this. I don't care who I, who I hurt. I don't care. It's all about me. We call them narcissists. Uh, but they're dealing with something, but they'll never be able to deal with it until they know Christ. And that's what this is talking about that we would continue to be aware of that. So here's what I want you to walk away with today, and then we'll close. First of all, you need to understand that you need to remind people and remind yourself that you're established by love. That's what he said in these verses in just a few minutes ago. My past is established by love. I have become a child of God. My present is established by love. I am a child of God. So you can look back there and people can remind you of your past, but you've got to come back and say, no, I'm established by love. I'm established by Christ. And so you, you, you look at yourself, and sometimes you have to remind yourself your past is taken care of. The second one, my present. In other words, you have to remind yourself, no, I am made of God. I'm established by God. I'm a child of God. If you don't like me, if somebody doesn't like the way I look, if somebody doesn't like like the way I act, I am established by God this present moment. you got to keep telling yourself. And then my future is established by love. I remain a child of God. My future is established by the love of Christ. 
right? It doesn't matter. All the votes you want, I'm established by Christ. I'm his child. I read in his word. It's he who puts kings in their places and judges in their places. So it doesn't matter really how I vote, but yet it does. We need to vote, but just know that when you vote, God's still in control of it regardless of your vote. Everybody with me? So when people ask me and say, I can't support that person or I can't support that person, I always go, okay, uh, just remember, you're established in love, and it doesn't matter who's in there. We're going to be okay because we're established by love, right? We're established. You are established by love. Your past is, your present is, and your future is. And that's what he was telling them. So he went through these areas, established. Those that accept the world order are not established. The love of God does not live in them. They, have no, they, they may know him, but they do not personally know him. They may have knowledge of him, but they don't know him in a personal way. The world order does not understand the nature of my relationship with God. They don't understand, nor can they comprehend that kind of love. That's a great line in one of the songs we sing. They can't comprehend it. So when you go, I just think this is wrong, and they go, that's crazy, it's not wrong. Then you don't get upset and go, you would never understand. Don't tell them that. Okay, you would never understand because God's in me and you're going to hell. That's not the way we want to do this. That you say, I don't think this is something you can understand because I look at, I sift everything through what God wants me to do. And that shuts people down. Most of them go, well, I disagree with you. So what do they just tell you? Well, but I'm a Christian. That's when you start going, is this habitual about them? Are they becoming more and more? So uh, established verses 1 through 3, established our love. And then I want you to know it's settled in Christ. In verses 4 through 9, he talked about all these things. And this is how I would break this, not, uh, this uh, down when he starts talking about sin, that we are settled in Christ, that Christ, no matter what we've done, will forgive us, right? And then the last one is we're always scanning for these lures and lies. When he says the, 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 the things that are going on in you, people who don't know Christ, people who are lying to you about God, it's going to be obvious, right? That's why I always tell you, I'm serious. If you go to a website and you ask a question of Google, it'll send you all these websites that answer questions about God. Before you start reading, I keep reminding you, go to the about. And if it says, uh, we believe in Satan and we like to worship him, then don't read anymore. They may say something great about God or something about God, but they do not believe that way. And those are lures, right? I think, I, I believe as much good Facebook does for us as a church, and it does a lot of good. I believe it does a lot of bad for Christianity. I believe it does a lot of bad for individuals who rant, and then I'm sitting here going, wow, I probably wouldn't have written that as a believer. Right? Fear. Anything about fear uh, as a believer, fear doesn't reside in me. Right? It doesn't reside. Now, we're going to be smart. Right? As I tell you, if you don't want to shake somebody's hands, shake it's okay. Don't fear. I, 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 I've been invited to go to Seattle in about two weeks for us to consider looking at uh, meeting uh, five church patter, uh, pastors who are starting churches that we could maybe support and come alongside of and fly up there and do things for them and take care of their pastor or just help them. I don't have a fear of flying to Seattle. But I'm thinking logically going, uh, I don't want to bring anything back to anybody. Because if I get the corona, it, 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 it's like I heard somebody say, hey, 
don't worry about the corona, just drink a corona. It's okay. And I went, well, I don't know if that's what I would do, but at the same time, there's this laxity. I need to be wise. Does that make sense? Nobody wants to approach these things as they go, well, because some Christians will say, you're weak because you're fearful. It's not fearful. I just don't want to catch it. And if I die, hey, boom. And, but if I bring it back, right? That, those are the decisions that God goes, well, decide yourself. You're smart. What I was talking to is sometimes those lures, you've got to scan for lures about things that people are trying to make you fearful of. Stop it. Stop that. Don't do that. And then the last one he talked about was you're sealed by the Holy Spirit. If you ever doubt your salvation, like the two times I did, both times I was facing what I thought was going to be death. And, uh, I mean, really, and, and, and so I doubted those two times. And when I finally said, God, I don't want to ever do this again, you know, and I haven't doubted since. Why? Because I've been sealed by the Holy Spirit. Nothing can break that seal now. Isn't that cool? Nothing can break that seal. Right? I used to put seals on doors for the stu- teenagers that would go to the hotels. The seal would be a piece of my hair, and then I'd just stick it right on that door. And I'd say, did you come out? No, no, we didn't. Really? Then why is that only on one. <laughs> I used to do that. I used to put tape on door. Just a little piece of tape. Right? The seal can be broken. But our seal of the Holy Spirit in our lives can never break that salvation that we have. So my, my thing for you today is this. When you start judging people, be careful about whether you can say there. But if you see that it's a habitual, practicing, almost hand in the face of God life. They're probably lost, and so how you're going to deal with them is going to be a little bit different than somebody who habitually gets back into sin. Now, some of you are going, but what about me? If you continually are dealing with something, you go back, you do it, you go back, you have three months, you have two months, and you have six months, here's what I would tell you. They need to start getting further and further and further apart. All right? That's how we catch ourselves.